Hey everybody and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast episode 5 and I can't believe I'm at 5 already and here's hoping I make it to 50. Today I'm talking everything about hormones and weight loss. You've heard me talk about hormones and how they affect our bodies as women so like our periods, our menstrual cycles, PMS. I've talked a bit about PCOS and endometriosis but not on the podcast yet that's all going to come. And I've also talked about contraception, the the side effects of the pill, the coil, things like that. Gone through fertility, fertility diets. Again, our menstrual cycles and the different phases of our cycles and what we can do to, to help our own hormones. But today I'm really, what I really want to do is focus on hormones and weight loss. And when I say weight loss, what I really mean is fat loss. Because at the end of the day, weight is it's our entire bodies and everyone's really looking to lose fat not weight weight consists of our bones our blood our water retention everything so it's more about fat loss really it's just weight loss is a more common term and so why is it so hard to lose weight with your hormones now there's loads of different reasons for this there's loads of different bodily functions to this but what I'm really focusing on here is what happens when your hormones are out of whack? Now, I'm not just talking your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. I'm actually focusing really on the likes of your stress hormones. Uh, not just your stress hormones, but your stress hormones, your sex hormones, being insulin resistant, thyroid function, fad diets. And also, when I talk about fad diets, I'm going to talk a lot about uh, their effects on us emotionally, what it does to our self-esteem, um, the likes of body dysmorphia, things like that and how society has made us have to be perfect all the time when we don't have to be perfect all the time. But getting back to the basics, again, I'm going to be talking about the hormones and what way they affect our body and how they can impede our fat loss and how they can stop us from progressing if we're on a diet or anything like that. Again, when I talk about diets, I think it's just because it's the common term, being on a diet, and I don't like that term. I'd rather use lifestyle choices or say that it's it's a new, a new way of living. For me, being on a diet, it's all about health. It is now all about health. But before, and not, also not too long ago, it was more about losing weight, and that's all down to my own insecurities and my own issues that I had to deal with and overcome over the years but for now I'll get started and I'll I'm going to break it down as best I can for you again going through sex hormones stress hormones insulin resistance thyroid function all that sort of jazz and I'm hoping I'll be able to clear up some issues for you now for anybody out there who doesn't agree with anything that I say I do apologize I'm not an expert. I I love hormones. I study hormones on a daily basis. I work with so many clients in my clinic all around hormones. But I'm by no means the expert on it all. In fact, nobody is. There are still studies being conducted trying to figure out hormones. Like every time I say talk about hormones, I always say hormones are a labyrinth. And literally, um, when I say it, I mean it. David Bowie is in there and he's got his little gremlins running around 
doing all the little shitty work to <laughs> knock one hormone out and throw another path over and a wall over here and something over there. That's how the endocrine system works. It is one massive maze. So I hope I'll be able to break things down for you as simple as possible and that you have an understanding of why certain things are happening or it may even click with one or two of you. Oh God, maybe that's why I'm not losing weight. Maybe I should go get a test done for this. So hopefully, but anyway, we'll we'll see. So again, I, I do apologize to anyone that I offend with the next saying, but the term calories in versus calories out, that's not how it goes nowadays. Now, yes, to a certain degree, it is. If someone is overeating and not doing any exercise and eating pure and utter crap, then yes, it, it is going to have an effect but not all the time. Nowadays, it's not so black and white. This is my opinion and also my experience in my clinic and seeing people coming in and they're talking to me about their diets and they've been on this diet, that diet, the other diet, and they're exercising, they're walking, they're going to the gym. They're doing everything that they can. And I'll get into it a bit further in, into the podcast but there was a time in the beginning when people were saying things to me and I was looking at them and I was like you sure now are you sure you're really doing that are you really out there exercising are you really not eating the family pack of crisps or the family chocolate bar and I learned my lesson the hard way by seeing all the connections and looking at the stats and then going and researching stuff and seeing and having to say, actually, Orla, hang on here a second, get down off your high horse and go and research and do some proper digging. And that's what I did. And what I came to realize was, fuck me, were hormones such a massive, massive role in people's weight loss journeys? And it was all kinds of hormones. And one of the main things that I was seeing was stress. What stress does to the body is absolutely phenomenal. And look at the world that we live in right now. We are living in a rat race. Nobody can get a quarter of the work done that they want to get done in a day. And this could be if you're self-employed, if you work in an office, if you work in a factory, if you work in a shop, even if you're unemployed. Do you know, there are other stresses out there. And then... Like parents as well. Parents suffer severe amounts of stress on a daily basis. Like kids can be so demanding. And then you're worrying about other things. You're worrying about work. You're worrying about money. You're worrying about relationships. You're worrying about family. Everything. And it all adds up. And when we're running around in circles like headless chickens. That's literally what I call it. We are all a pack of headless chickens. What's happening then is our cortisol and our adrenaline levels are going sky high. Now, what are cortisol and adrenaline? They're stress hormones. They're there to protect us. Now, when you go back to prehistoric times, like our bodies are made for specifically our surroundings. So when humans were first here on the earth, they, our stress hormones were there to protect us from the likes of saber-toothed tigers. 
like adrenaline and cortisol are released when you're presented with a dangerous situation so like I said back in the day way back when back in the Flintstones it was like you came up against a saber-toothed tiger or a mammoth and it was either fight or flight you had to do something you had to you had to fight them or you had to run and then this evolved into today's world so today's world our stressors are work boss like if you're you're in work and you're not hitting your targets and your boss comes out and he gives you a bollocking and you're like oh my god and it's it's that fight or flight response that happens again like luckily enough for us here in Galway Ireland now crime rates have gone up and everything but you know it's it's not as bad as as other parts of the world but you know it in today's world, it's those dangers that we're looking out for, the likes of having a gun pointed at your head or the rape culture, you know, sexual assault and what's happened because we are in a chronic state of fight or flight, it is, it has slowly progressed into fight or freeze. So a lot of people, when they're, when they're presented with a situation that they don't know what to do, Either someone comes at you with a gun or a knife or you're being sexually assaulted. A lot of people actually freeze and it's because their bodies have had such an influx of cortisol and adrenaline for so long that they they don't know how to do the actual run part anymore because they're dealing with it in work every single day. So what's happening to our bodies then? So our digestive system is completely shutting down. So our digestive system is governed by our parasympathetic nervous system. Then our fight or flight mechanism, so the adrenaline and the cortisol, which are made in our adrenal glands, that's governed by our sympathetic nervous system. Neither one of these nervous systems, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, they cannot be active at the same time. So it's either you can rest and digest or you can fight or flight. You can't do both at the same time. It's why I talk to a lot of my clients about mindful eating. What I mean by mindful eating is not even just paying attention to what you're eating, but paying attention to your body before you start to eat. Sitting down, taking five deep, slow belly breaths, in through the nose, out through the mouth, grounding yourself, just so you can switch on your parasympathetic nervous system. And why do I do this? I do this because chronic stress and prolonged high levels of cortisol inhibit the proper function of sex hormones. So usually estrogen levels rise and this causes a whole host of problems like PMS, weight gain, PCOS, PCOS in some cases. But I've talked about estrogen dominance before and what it does to the body. And it's not just for women, it's for men too. But in women, what you're looking at with high levels of estrogen is fat depositing all around the stomach, the hips, the thighs. And then for men, again around the stomach, but also moobs, man boobs. Like, how many guys are you seeing out there right now with man boobs? And I'm sorry, but it really pisses me off when I see lads ripping the piss out of other lads for having man boobs. Because it's not their fault. And stop doing it it's not nice and I know I sound like a mammy there but seriously 
with all the endocrine disruptors that are out there, all the high estrogenic, sorry, high estrogen levels of food, of hormones that are in our foods, men are suffering from estrogen dominance too. And I get, I'm, I'm actually going to do a men's week next week because there's so much estrogen problems for men that need to be addressed. But anyway, back to your stress hormones. So like also long exposure of stress hormones, it signals fat cells to hold on to fatty tissue until stress is gone. The reason it does this is because back in the day, like way back when, and not too way back when for Ireland though, but your body would signal to itself to hang on to fat stores to survive in cases of famine. Now, so in Ireland we have the potato famine and and all that, but like it goes back to prehistoric times as well. It's if you were caught somewhere, you were in a famine, you had no food, your body is designed to store onto fat cells so that you don't die, basically. So if you're in chronic state of stress or you're in a really stressful job that you hate or in a relationship that you're really unhappy in like your stress hormones are firing all the time your cortisol and adrenaline are rising constantly and they're given the signals for your body to hang on to that fat now there i i could go on and on and on about you know meditation and yoga and deep breathing and to be honest these things help you you need to find ways to reduce your stress levels. You need to tackle the areas that are that are sending you over the edge, that are making it that where you can't handle things. You need to address problems. If you have a bad relationship, you need to talk to your partner. And maybe you need to talk to yourself first to see if you want to stay in that relationship. If you don't, if you don't think it's viable, then you know, leave. You need to look at what stress is doing to your life, be it in a relationship, in a job, whatever it is. But then the likes of cortisol and adrenaline, they filter on to other issues like insulin resistance. Now, what is insulin resistance? It's when cells in the muscles, fat and liver don't respond well to insulin and they can't absorb the glucose from your blood. So as a result, you end up making more insulin and then it's a vicious circle. So you just constantly got chronic levels of insulin rising. Now studies are actually finally showing that calorie deficits in obese people are actually not the way to go about things anymore. Um, bear with me on this. So again, it is all individualized and it is specific to the person. Every single body's body is different. It's my one key saying, especially with the job that I do, everybody's body is different. I'll do a formula for the exact same illness in two different people and they're two completely different herbal formulas. So you got to remember that everybody's body is different. It's not one size fits all. But these studies have been done now and doctor scientists, PTs and to be honest even myself back in the day refused to believe that someone could be overweight and they weren't able to lose it by eating less and moving more. Now I know I talked about this already, but it that hypothesis of eat less, move more, yes, you know, it makes sense. It's it's simple, it's efficient, eat less, move more, 
but it's not always the case. And again, I specify not in today's world when we have so much stress and so many endocrine disruptors in our foods and in our environment. So continuous studies have been done on diabetic patients and what they were doing was they were increasing their insulin levels um, to about 100 units of insulin per day. Now, they did this over a six-month period. It was done gradually where they increased the insulin. It wasn't just wham, bam, here you go, 100, uni- 100 units of insulin. But over a period of six months, they were increasing their insulin levels. And then they were also putting them on a calorie deficit of 300 calories per day. Now, the what happened in the end was the average weight gain... Now. Remember what I said, weight gain. Even though they were in a calorie deficit, they still gained weight. So over the six-month period, the average weight gain was 8.7 kilos. So that's 9 point something, I think 9.8 pounds. So the insulin in high levels on the body causes the body to gain weight. They're finally discovering that, well actually not finally, but more and more studies have been have been done consistently to show now that the eat less, move more isn't always the case with people. So if you're in a high stress mode, cortisol is surging at an alarming rate and insulin is also rising, then your weight is going up. Then you're eating less because your weight has gone up. So then you're feeling tired, you're feeling cold and you're feeling lethargic. Again, This is all the body's response to protect itself. You're going to store fat for survival purposes in a famine, etc, etc. So what we're really looking at now is the whole insulin resistance thing. Why why are are so many more people becoming insulin resistant? And it goes back to stress, your cortisol and your adrenaline levels. And then you're also looking at the foods that we're eating. We're eating processed crap. Now, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a bit heated here, but the food that is out there, it's not food. It's food-like substances. They have calories, they have macros, but they don't have any micronutrients. They don't have vitamins, minerals. They're, they're dead food. It's dead food. It's, it'll make you put on weight, but it won't make you healthy. It won't sustain your life. And then the types of foods are all... Now, don't get me wrong, because I love carbs. I love my carbs. But they're all carb-heavy, trans-fat-heavy crap. And this is causing... It's causing a huge surplus in insulin resistance especially in the younger generation. All you have to do is go on Google Scholar and you will see the the cases of diabetes type 2 going up and even the cases of type 1 diabetes going up in young children due to gestational diabetes and, and all that. Now, I won't get into it all, but there is a correlation between the food that we're eating, the environment that we're in with stress, and then the endocrine disruptors. And this is causing a massive insulin resistance population and insulin is now has now been proved to make you put on weight so you really got to be looking at your stress and the food that you're consuming now look have a treat like I go out and have my burgers and chips but to be honest my one vice is pizza 
I can't give up pizza. I love it too much. But I'll have pizza once a month. Even though I haven't had it now in a long time. But I would have, I would give myself the treat of pizza because that is my go-to food. But it's a matter of balance. It's getting the balance between your treats and then your whole foods, your fresh fruits, vegetables, good quality proteins, good quality meats. If you eat meat, if fish, if you're Episcopalian, I can never say that word if you're a fish eater. I'll just put it that way. And if you're vegetarian or vegan, make sure that you're eating non-soy based products like lentils, chickpeas, beans. If you are eating soy, make sure it's fermented soy like tempeh. And also you got to make sure that it's organic and non-GMO because the GMOs that are sprayed on the soy plantations are massive endocrine disruptors. So they're fucking up your hormones too. But yeah, so you, you really do got to look at the foods that you're eating because they're having massive impact on our bodies and even on our thyroids. So that's going to bring me on to thyroid function and weight gain. Now, the levels of thyroid dysfunction have gone through the roof. And I remember a few years ago being in the gym and a couple of women coming up to me and asking for nutritional advice because they... They were doing everything right and they couldn't lose weight and da 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 And in my head, now this is way back when, I was like, yeah, are they really doing it? You know, whatever. And then they came to me and I was really looking at the underlying cases. And this is the one thing I do in clinic is I go through an entire medical history. I go through all the bodily functions. I'm looking for connections everywhere in the body because your body is all connected. But what I found was that I had to get over the whole, oh, they're not doing what they're being told thing and go deeper. I had to dig. And the further I dug, the more I realized, shit, hormones are really impacting people's lives. And now when women and men come to me and they complain about doing everything right, doing doing their diets right, doing exercise right, but then I'm also looking for other factors too. Like there, there's so many different symptoms to thyroid dysfunction. And I will always tell them, I want you to go to the doctor and I want you to get your thyroid tested. This is key. You need to get your thyroid tested. If you are severely overweight, you're following a diet, you're exercising as best as you can because with low thyroid function, you have no energy. You're so fatigued. You have a foggy brain, weight gain, low energy, a severe amount of anxiety, to the point of paranoia, really. And you you feel the cold so much. You're just constantly cold. If this is you, please go to your doctor and get your bloods done for your thyroid. So your thyroid and fat loss, weight loss, it's what you're looking at is hypothyroidism. So it's an underactive thyroid. It's not completely clear in the medical world why this happens, but there are some mechanisms that that can explain it. So your thyroid hormones, T4 and T3, they circulate all around your body and they affect your metabolism through interaction with the likes of your fat cells, muscles, liver, pancreas, and your hypothalamus. 
Now, these hormones break down fat. They help the liver and the pancreas function to metabolize stored calories to be used for energy. When there's enough stores of these hormones, the hypothalamus, now the hypothalamus is the gland that regulates your hormones in the brain. It's got a massive role for reproductive health and your adrenal health, everything like that. But when these stores are enough, the the hypothalamus decreases the amount of thyrotropin regulating hormone secretion. So it's basically when you have enough of these stores, your body is telling itself, I was about to say to tell yourself, your your body is telling itself to stop producing them. But when you don't have enough stores, when your thyroid isn't functioning properly, this regulation isn't actually happening and you're getting more T4 and T3, but then you also got to look at the conversion of T4 to T3. Now the thyroid, thyroid health and thyroid function is a minefield, to be honest, and that's going to take probably about five podcasts to, to talk through. But just know that if you are one of these people that has the symptoms of hypothyroidism, so weight gain, really fatigued, feeling the cold all the time, really anxious, have no get up and go, you just, you can't deal with anything at all and you you do have a lot of weight, go to your doctor and just get your thyroid functions checked. Because what can happen is that you're putting on weight and then you start starving yourself and then you're killing your metabolism even further and then you start going down the route of fad diets to lose weight and that's not helping you either and fad diets are massive in this world Uh, like the weight loss industry is a billion dollar industry seriously it's a billion dollar industry and what are they they're they're starvation diets they're juice diets shake diets diet pills slimming teas now don't get me mixed up here there's slimming teas and there's detox teas i have detox teas that i drink myself they're herbal just pure herbs detox teas that i use once in a while as in okay i know i'm a naturopath i'm a herbalist and i'm a nutritionist but at the same time i do go out in the session every now and then so if i go out in the session if i have a few drinks or if i eat crap over a weekend i'll get my detox tea just to help my liver and kidney pathways well to help my liver pathways and my kidney function and just to expel all the excess toxins they're not laxative they're not weight loss they are literally just to support my detoxification process but there are slimming teas out there that are highly laxative so yes technically they are weight loss teas because you're going to lose weight you're going to shit it out of you Excuse my language, but you will shit it out of you. Like all these fad diets, the magic pill, like there is no such thing as the magic pill. They don't work. Now, yes, there'll be initial weight loss and that's because you got into a massive calorie deficit. And again, this goes back to calories in versus calories out. Do you know, if you are 
a normal healthy person actually I hate the word normal because nobody's normal we're all weird in our own ways wonderfully weird but if you are your if you're not if you're not normal stop saying normal if you are healthy and you just think that you're overweight and you decide to go on one of these bad diets what it's actually doing to you then is it's putting you into a massive calorie deficit and yes you will lose weight initially but nine times out of ten like if you visit people who go on these massive calorie deficit diets long term if you visit them in a year's time the weight is up the weight has just come on and gone back on and the reason for this is because they're metabolism killers when you reduce calories drastically, the body, I'm telling you, the body is so smart, it adapts to make itself think that it's in a famine situation like I talked about earlier. And it resolves, or yeah, responds or resolves by slowing down your metabolism so that you can live, so you can survive. Then when you go back to normal eating, bam, your metabolism, it's not working anymore and weight starts going up. And the thing is with this, because there's a lot of people out there that will say, once you start eating, your metabolism will kick in again. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, it doesn't. The metabolism doesn't rise as fast as it drops. You have to gradually build it back up and incorporate exercise with it too. Raising your metabolism is so much harder than your metabolism dropping on the floor. So you really have to be mindful of these fad diets. Now, I did them. I'm not up here on my high horse preaching saying you should do this you should do that you should do the other trust me I've been there I've gone through the fad diet phase I went through it for years like and not only does it not only does it kill your metabolism but it's also killing your immune system and it's killing your gut flora like you're starving yourself of any sort of proper micronutrients so you're ending up with no immune system you're exhausted all the time and then you're also killing your hormones your hormones are going haywire because your body doesn't know what it's what you're doing to your what you're doing to it your cortisol and adrenaline are rising your hypothalamus is getting fucked up your pituitary is getting fucked up and it's all because of these starvation diets and then at the end of them, because your metabolism, metabolism is on the ground, your weight is shooting through the roof afterwards. And then that's killing your self-esteem. And that it all feeds into how the weight loss industry is a billion dollar industry. Why do you think there, there's so many like companies doing weight loss teas, slimming this, slimming that, and they're making a fortune off of it? And it all ties into our own self-belief of we have to be a certain way to be good enough. We have to look a certain way. We have to act a certain way. We have to be attractive. If we're not attractive, no one is going to love us. We'll be unlovable. But that's not the case. It's not the case. Like Every single individual on this planet is lovable. And it's all down to your own self-worth and self-belief. You need to look at your belief systems about who you are as a person. Forget about what other people are saying about you. What other people say about you is none of your business. 
It's what I always say. It's none of your business what people say about you because it's a reflection of themselves. It's it's their shadow side side being projected onto you. And I, again, for yourself, when you look at someone and you don't like them, you, you really be got it. You have to be asking yourself, what is it that you don't like about them? Because that's actually a reflection of yourself. That's within you. That's your shadow side. And this all goes into Jungian theories, Carl Jung, bit of Freud, but yeah, you just, you gotta be looking at yourself and forget about the world and what you think is acceptable to the world. Now, I went through this. I have struggled with eating disorders since I was a teenager. Now, I haven't in the last few years because I have it under control. Like, I got my period when I was 10. I was so young. And again, that's all down to hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors and also genetics in, in my case as well. But anyway, so I got my period when I was 10. But what happened then was, like, I got such a surge in estrogen that obviously, like, every, not every, but most prepubescent girls, they put on a lot of weight over a summer. I put on two stone. I was 10. I remember being on holidays and coming home and my school skirt wouldn't go up past just above my knees. And I was devastated. And I was like, oh my God, I'm fat. I'm ugly. And I wasn't. I was just about to get my period. That's all. But then what happened was that I was bullied really bad. I remember running down the road from school one day and having a group of boys yelling at me, fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fat, fat, fat. And that still rings in my head every now and then. You know, if I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling my best self right now. So every now and then those words sing in my head, but I need to pull myself back and I need to realize, no, that's not the case. That is not my truth. That is not me. Having a little bit of weight on does not mean that you're fat. You know, it's it's one of these things that with the fad diets, they they feed into your into your own self-esteem and they feed off your negative self-esteem. And that's what I hate about them. And then they do cause they not that they I'm not saying they cause eating disorders, but they can feed into because they feed into people's negative self-esteem. That can cause eating disorders. Now, like, like I said, like I was only 10 when this was happening. So 10 to 12, like my hormones were all over the shop. So weight was just constantly going up and up and up. And then I started secondary school and I had an awful transition from primary school to secondary school. And my hormones, again, were just flaring. And we didn't know what was happening. Well... I didn't know what was happening. I was a kid. Unfortunately, my parents didn't understand what was happening either. And they did the best they could with what was going on with me. And like I was at 13, at 13, I was self-harming. And because I couldn't understand what was happening within my body and my emotions. And I was just so moody and sad and angry and everything. And I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. So then I ended up being misdiagnosed with clinical depression. Now, the reason I say misdiagnosed is because I was 13. 13. 
what was happening with me was my hormones were all over the place. Now, in saying that's the reason I know that now looking back, like hindsight is hindsight is twenty twenty vision, is because like my periods were horrific. Like from twelve, thirteen, that was it. I was having bilious attacks, vomiting, diarrhea, uh severe flooding, which was a clear indicator that my estrogen levels were way through the roof. But because of the way it was on manifesting and me with the emotions and I couldn't deal with them because I was a child, I ended up being misdiagnosed with clinical depression. But what happened with that and with that weight gain and that bullying was that the anorexia went hand in hand with that. And as well, I couldn't control my my world. I couldn't control the outside world. I couldn't control what was happening around me. I couldn't control what people were saying to me. But I could control I could control my food. I could control what was going into my mouth. Out of all the years that this went on for, there was only ever one doctor who pinpointed it. And I denied, denied, denied. Should have got an Oscar because I was so good at denying that I had an eating disorder. But the thing is I was denying it to myself too. All I was thinking of was that I was controlling what I could control and that was what was going into my body. But anyway, this one doctor said it and then that triggered something um, in, in with my family and my parents and they were like, all right, we got to keep an eye on her here. Um, but like from the ages of 14 to 17, I literally starved myself every single day. All I ate was a ham sandwich at lunchtime in school so that people would see me eating. Well, that was in the beginning. Towards the end of it, I would start eating a bit more. I'd start having chips and stuff like that. Now, I remember there were a couple of girls in my school who said it to me. They were like, I think you have anorexia. And I'm like, no, don't know what you're talking about. I'm just really thin. That's just the way I am. It wasn't the way I was. I was anorexic. And, but yeah, I'd have a sandwich a day. And then I'd go home and I'd tell mom that I had a massive lunch. And yeah, like people find ways of hiding these things. But again, it's all down to control. And it was all down to seeing what, society was saying I had to be I had to be thin beautiful I wasn't beautiful if I wasn't thin and it goes back to fad diets and like the lowest weight I went to I was like six and a half stone so that's what 42 yeah I think 42 kilos and now I'm about 55 kilos but if any of you follow my Instagram you'll see a picture of me that I put up in my stories I went up to 75 kilos like I went from complete and utter anorexia to being completely overweight. I'm five foot three. Well, five foot three and a half. That half is very important. And yeah, I ended up going up to 75 kilos once I I thought I'd gotten over my eating disorder. I hadn't. I just went the other extreme. I started overeating instead and I was comfort eating. And that's another area that people need to look at is comfort eating, emotional eating. Why are you emotional eating? What are you suppressing? What are you covering up? What are you trying to numb? Like Brene Brown, the author of Daring Greatly, and uh, the she did a TED Talk on vulnerability. I love her. She talks about how we are the most drug, alcohol, and food-dependent generation that's ever been and it's because we can't handle our emotions and we can't deal with what's going on in the world we can't 
we can't manage our stress and we can't we can't not even compartmentalize we can't handle any sort of negativity or vulnerable feelings and that's what it all comes down to is being vulnerable and letting yourself be seen be seen and it's one of the things that people are so scared of and they're terrified of being seen and so am I to this day but every day I try to practice being vulnerable in some way shape or form I've gotten better at it in the last two two three months I I've been forced to be vulnerable and to be open and it's the best thing in the world for me but we are the most medicated generation that's out there so what I did was I went from controlling my food to eating nothing to overeating and just consuming and numbing with food because I was still dealing with all the emotions that were going on and then I had to look at myself and I like look I'll be honest I did a serious amount of workshops and self-awareness courses and read so many books and and I love doing it like I love looking at myself it's hard it's shit it's fucking horrible (laughs) it's so horrible having to look at your innermost self and be real with yourself and be honest with yourself it's one of the hardest things in the world to do but it's so amazing afterwards because you actually realize okay what's going on here this is my ego talking, I'm doing this because of that, I'm doing, I'm not saying, I'm not speaking my truth because I'm afraid of being rejected, things like that, but yeah, we, we have to go through these processes, you know, but yeah, so I went from 42 kilos up to 75 kilos, and then I went on a massive diet, and it wasn't a diet, for weight loss, I, w- I changed my diet for health, I changed it for my endometrial cysts, my pelvic inflammation, um, my I, candida, it covered my entire body, and in the process I ended up losing weight, because I eliminated all the foods that were screwing up my hormones, I eliminated everything, I'd, I'd never put a client on this diet because it was too extreme but I was doing this through college and it ended up being one of the best things that I did again because it helped to reset my hormones and it got me to a place where I was really happy with myself and then I went down the route of going to the gym because I had musculoskeletal problems that I wanted to fix and then when I went back to the gym, I had some triggers coming in. I had some issues coming in there again with the whole obsessive compulsiveness around food. And I had to get checked. As in, like, I had to check myself. And then I'd have to go and I would talk to my mom and my sister. I'm like, right, this is coming up for me, but I need to verbalize it. I need to talk about it so that it doesn't become an issue. And for me, as long as I knew that I wasn't hiding anything, then I knew I was on track and I was speaking openly about things, then I was on track. But it's the one thing I'll say to someone that has gone through an eating disorder is to go find a PT who has your best interest at heart. For me, like I'd already lost the weight. I was just finishing up college for naturopathy, nutrition, all that, herbal medicine. I I looked after my own nutrition there. Now I did take some stuff on board 
and yeah like I said I ended up going into the world of powerlifting and I had to make a weight class now my trainer at the time didn't know about my history and that was my doing because I never verbalized it I never spoke about it it's one thing I always say is that we have to take responsibility for our own health and we have to take responsibility for our own actions if you have a past history with an eating disorder if you're going to a PT you need to tell them they're not mind readers nobody in this world is a mind reader so you need to let them know but yeah it's just a matter of being self-aware and self-conscious uh, not sorry not self-conscious but being self-aware around your emotions and things like that and like going back to fad diets they can trigger they can trigger a mudslide Do you know it, it it can be one massive mudslide and shitstorm if you're not careful and it's why I always say just go down the route of whole foods lots of fruit fresh fruit veggies good proper protein sources healthy fats all that I know it sounds boring but it, it's the truth like all these processed foods out there they're they're killing our immune system they're killing our hormones the fad diets are killing our metabolism and then stress as well so it's a for me how I see it it's a lifestyle and it's about becoming healthy and happy in yourself at the end of the day this life is about being happy like there's a saying you only live once you don't you only die once you live every day but it's a matter of what you make of it and you're meant to be happy and it's not that you have to show the world that you're happy you don't have to show everyone on instagram and facebook how happy and perfect your life is it's not about that it's about you yourself being happy and content in the space that you're in and i know i've talked about stress and insulin resistance and hormones and weight loss but it all ties in together because at the end of the day if we're putting so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain way to look a certain way to act a certain way for people to like us our stress goes through the roof and then it just starts a cascade of hormone fuck-ups and at the end of the day it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you it's what you think of yourself and it's what you see in yourself. And if that's a negative picture that you have, okay. Work on it. Do you know, get some books. Some self-help books are shite. Others are really insightful. Personally, I'm not great for the whole self-help books. I like to read them through fiction. Like Paolo Coelho. I think I've read every single one of Paolo, Coelho book, Paolo Coelho's books because they were based around a story but there was hidden messages in every single book for anyone out there who is looking for a bit of oomph or just searching for something but you don't know what you're searching for I'd actually say read The Alchemist now I know probably half the population have read it at this stage but read The Alchemist it's it's really good and it makes you realize that you shouldn't be searching for something somewhere else it's all about who you are and where you are and what you had or have before you go searching outside of yourself it's it's about finding yourself now I realize I have gone from I've been bouncing back and forth over 
self-awareness and um, hormones and weight loss, but they are all very much interconnected. Um, you got to look at why it is that you're on a diet, why it is you feel the need that you have to lose weight. What I'll say to each and every one of you is you are enough. You are lovable. And that's what it comes down to. So I've realised that I've rambled on a bit here and I hope I've helped in clarifying hormones and weight loss and how the body functions, what the hormones are actually doing inside of you. I know it can be confusing, like I said, the endocrine system is a labyrinth and you gotta love David Bowie, but still, it's a labyrinth. And I know I've gone into some kind of personal stuff, which wasn't planning on but I guess that's life you can never really plan for things can you so yeah that is this week's episode if you liked it feel free to leave a comment tag share put it up in your stories and tag me in it I'm I'd only love to hear some feedback from me if you have any again if I've upset anybody with my thought process I do apologize it's just what I've seen from my own research and clinical practice and also my own personal experience through life and but yeah like I I do hope that it has helped and if anybody does have any questions and I always say it feel free to get in touch so that's it happy Thursday and happy hormones everyone